You're listening to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast, where you'll hear the stories and interviews of everyday millionaires. We'll unveil their decisions, their strategies, and their current portfolio allocation. Now to your hosts, Clark Sheffield and Jace Mattinson. Alrighty, hello and welcome to another episode of the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast. This is episode number 82. On this show, we tell the stories and strategies of everyday millionaires and unveil their current portfolio allocations. Last week on the show, we had Steve. Steve is a tech entrepreneur and executive with a current net worth of $1.2 million. We discuss his career and investment allocation, including his $200,000 in cash holdings. So a great interview with Steve and a different perspective with someone who got involved with a small company earlier in their career, and it turned out to be a great success. A special thanks to our sponsor, Equity Multiple, for supporting the show. One of the tried and true paths to becoming and staying a millionaire was establishing passive income streams. Perhaps the most tried and true passive income channel for savvy investors is commercial real estate. Equity Multiple connects accredited investors with pre-vetted, exclusive commercial real estate investments with investment minimums as low as $10,000. With Equity Multiple, you can allocate a meaningful portion of your portfolio to professionally managed commercial real estate and create a stronger and more diversified portfolio. Head to equitymultiple.com forward slash millionaires to learn more. Again, that's equitymultiple.com forward slash millionaires. If you'd like to invest in our multifamily opportunities, feel free to reach out to us. Our email is millionairesunveiled at gmail.com. We'll jump on a quick call with you to discuss our current opportunities and some of our investment strategies. We partner with a couple groups that have a great track record of success and high returns. We now have opportunities available for both accredited and non-accredited investors in different locations throughout the country. If you'd like to be on the show as a millionaire interviewer, one close to becoming a millionaire, feel free to reach out to us. Again, our email, millionairesunveiled at gmail.com. We think that everyone has something to add to the show, and there are people interested in both someone's story and investment allocation. So we're trying to capture both those pieces and help those who are on their path to financial success. On today's show, we have a guest interview with Timothy Sykes. Tim is a penny stock trader and has made millions of dollars doing so. So a unique strategy with Tim and one that we're excited to get into. So without further ado, let's get right into the show. Tim, do you want to just give us a little bit about your background and tell us a little bit about your story for those who may not know you? Sure. Um, thanks for having me on, first of all. Uh, I got started with my bar mitzvah gift money of roughly $12,000. My parents gave me control of it when I was in high school thinking that I would lose it all in the stock market. And instead, I've now turned it into nearly $5 million. And I teach. Uh, I got 9,000 students. So I show my screen uh, when I make a trade. You can see video lessons, watch lists. Uh, we do Q&A. And I've just been traveling the world teaching uh, and growing my charity. My charity now has 47 schools built. And then we also help different animal sanctuaries, and we have a few medical centers, libraries, and even a soccer field in Cambodia. So I'm traveling, I'm teaching, I'm loving life. That's awesome. And, what, and what's your net worth today? Um, I have a nice eight figures plus in the bank. I don't know what you want to value a company at, but I'm, I'm solid. <laughs> I've donated $4 million the past three years. I'm more proud of that. That's a specific number. That's cool. And is most of your money in what you would call your portfolio, your trading portfolio? No, not at all. Um, I trade with a $12,000 account. I go back to my roots every single year so that I can try to grow it. And I show it step by step uh, with the students. So I have uh, just a lot of cash. I bought my parents a nice place down in Miami Beach. That's about it. 
Wow. And then do you invest in anything outside of your, your trading account? I mean, real estate or small businesses that aren't your own or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I have a few uh, startup investments, but that's about it. If, if anyone has an interesting business, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to uh, look at it. I just invested in these uh, vegan mushroom chips that taste like bacon. They're incredible. So I'm pumped <laughs> for that. So let, let's dive into your story a little bit. How old were you when you got the $12,000 for, for of bar mitzvah money? Um, so, you know, you supposedly become a man when you're 13 in the Jewish religion, but the money was just sitting there uh, for a few years when I was 17. Um, I was a tennis player and I had surgery on my arms and I couldn't play tennis anymore. So I had a lot of time on my hands and that's when uh, my parents gave me control of it, senior year of high school. And then how did you start learning how to trade? Uh, at first I invested and the account wasn't going anywhere after several months. So I gravitated towards lower price stocks, penny stocks, and I did well. And I couldn't understand why the whole world hates on them. But gradually I realized like a lot of people just, you know, think they're the next Microsoft. They don't actually look at the nuances and the intricacies of these companies. And for me, I don't believe any of the companies. I just use their volatility to try to grow my account. And what's your typical hold period on something? Um, anywhere from a few hours to a few days, you know, penny stocks move, uh, very quickly. So I'm just trying to capture the meat of the move. And almost always I sell too soon. I just invested in this, uh, environmentally friendly shrimping company and I made my 10, 15% in a day. And three days later, it's a 300% winner. So <laughs> I, I, I have problems with my trucks because I'm a pretty cynical guy. I like taking singles, but at the same time, it still made me millions of dollars. And do you trade every day? I have the mindset of being a retired trader. So I'm only going to come out of retirement when there's a play that's good enough. Although I do tend to come out of retirement every day or two. Um, but that mindset at least uh, helps me realize like I don't have to trade every day. Sometimes the best trade is no trade. So I don't force trades because there's literally thousands of potential trades. You know, this is like research gambling. So if you let the uh, addictive part of this game get to you, I mean, you could trade all day and make no money and have no life whatsoever like most gamblers do. Hmm. So I know you teach now, right? And you have tons of resources, tons of videos, a couple of websites where, where people can go and learn and, and watch what you do. So what are maybe just this big picture for our audience here? What are kind of some of those rules or what's kind of the blueprint that you're looking at or what can people learn from you? Yeah. So again, be cynical. Trust no one. Every CEO lies. Most penny stocks and most small companies will go out of business. So you don't really ride the hype or believe it. You just ride the momentum. Um, so like with the environmentally friendly shrimp company, they put out a press release. It got spread everywhere. Um, I found the company only because it was the most active stock, the biggest percent gainers. And that's what I look for every day. I'm, I'm looking for companies that are in play um, that are moving. And that way I can try to take the meat of the move. I try to make 10, 20% in a day or two. Um, and with penny stocks, you know, they can move 100, 200, 300% in a day or two, sometimes even a thousand percent. So I'm looking for those big movers that most people are scared of. And the way that I play it safe is rule number one is cut losses quickly. So if I am buying one of these high flyers and for whatever reason it stops flying, I cut my losses because I don't want to let a small mistake turn into a potential big disaster. So when you start, let's say at the beginning of the year, right? You said you started twelve thousand. If you make a ten percent return, right, you're looking at twelve hundred bucks. And then do you, do you put all that money once you've made that profit into the next deal, or do you kind of split it between multiple trades? 
Um, well, first, I never go all in. So if I'm trading with 12,000, I usually use like three or 4,000 on a trade and I try to make three or $400. And then I just keep growing my account. It's, it's a bank account, but it's, you know, something that can grow. So last year, you know, the $12,000 account got up to six figures, a little over a hundred thousand. Um, so it's, it's step by step, like small amounts. Um, and most people on Wall Street look down on that. They're like, why are you focusing on all this little stuff? But, for the average investor, the average trader, you know, this is very useful to aim small rather than going for home runs and trying to, you know, find the next Microsoft, which you never do. Right. So if I want to start and I want to put in, you know, 2000 bucks, let's say, what, what am I looking for? Um, so first you need to learn kind of like the patterns and the rules and the strategy. I mean, again, it's not rocket science. I'm looking for the hottest stocks every day. Fortunately, you can see the biggest percent gainers. You can see what their news is. So then you're trying to understand which news can spike the stock if they're introducing a new product like environmentally friendly shrimp, or if they announce a deal with, you know, Facebook and that kind of validates the small company's technology or Maybe you can make money betting against stocks. You know, I've made millions going long and going short. Um, so if you see an outright scam, you can actually take a negative position and bet against it. All you need is a minimum of $2,000 in order to short sell. But I don't encourage short selling in the beginning. It's, it's kind of tough and confusing. So for me, if I have $2,000 to start, um, I might take, uh, let's say a five or $700 position in the stock and try to make, let's say $100. So then I can grow my account to $2,100. I mean, 200, 2300, sometimes you're going to lose. I lose roughly a third of the time. So your losses have to be smaller than your gains. And it's a process. You know, it's little trade after little trade after little trade whenever they come up. Sometimes a week goes by and there's no good trades. Sometimes there's five good trades in a day. So you're just trying to find what works best for you and your personality. Um, it's not like a magic formula. Everybody's a little different. Everybody has different patients. Everyone has different uh, personalities. So you have to find what you're comfortable with. Yeah. Do you trade anything but penny stocks now? Um, no, because these are the easiest uh, niche, I think, because most people who trade penny stocks are idiots. Um, they actually do believe that the company is like the next big thing. They don't look at technical analysis. They don't look at stats. They don't look at history. They're not cynical enough at all. So it's frankly the easiest niche because so many people hate on it. There's not enough money to be made. So there's no billionaires trading these stocks or investing in these companies really, except a few and far between. Um, so the vast majority of people move very slowly. So for me, it's just easier. Like if a big company like Google or Facebook has any meaningful news, within seconds, it's analyzed by thousands of traders, thousands of uh, media analysts. It's all over social media with penny stocks because they're so tiny, because there's not enough money to be made on them. According to Wall Street standards, you know, sometimes the biggest moves spike on day two or day three after the news, even day one, you might have amazing news, but no one even notices it. So a lot of the time I'm too early, like on this shrimp company, you know, I took 10 to 20% in a day or two and actually in a day. And then three days later, the stock tripled. So I'm still getting better at trying to be more aggressive sometimes, but I do like taking singles. So the shrimp company, what, what can you tell us the name? The ticker symbol is SHMP. I don't even care about the name. For me, each one of these companies is just a ticker. It's it's just a way to grow my account. Um, and I bought it at like seven cents, sold it at eight cents, and now it's at like thirty cents. Um, they had a press release talking about how most shrimp uh, in the world is actually from third world countries, which are very polluted, and they have a process where they the shrimp indoors and it's not polluted. So. 
It could theoretically take over the shrimping industry. I'm sure they'll screw it up somehow. But for now, the press release is all that matters. So, Tim, if, if you're losing 30% of the time, you've got to be pretty resilient, right? You've, you've got to have a, a good, you've got to be intentional with your attitude and, and be willing to kind of stick it out and, and keep going and not get discouraged. Yeah, 100%. I mean, rule number one is cut losses quickly. So if you look at my trades, they're all public. Um, you can see them and you see that I'm winning on my trades where I make 10, 20%. And then my losses, I lose one or 3%. So my dollar losses are smaller than my dollar gains. And the frequency at which I gain is more than what I lose. So it's very tough not to grow your account if you have more winners than losers and you're making more on those winners than the losers. It's mathematically impossible, actually, for your account not to grow if you are consistent trade after trade after trade. And you have to stay disciplined. That's what this is all about. Tim, obviously, our listeners could could go to your website and, and kind of get some more information and some more detail, kind of high level where would somebody start with they wanted to trade some penny stocks? Would they open a, an account with one of the big brokerage companies or, or where should they kind of do that to minimize fees and, and to be able to kind of maybe have some success and get the ball rolling? Yeah, I mean, I use E-Trade and Interactive Brokers. Uh, Robinhood has become popular with zero commissions, but then they also screw you on execution. So you think that you're saving three, four or five dollars on commissions, then you lose $50, $100 on a bad execution. It's actually a brilliant business model because most people are too dumb to realize what's going on. Um, so I like E-Trade and Interactive Brokers, uh, just basic brokers. And then it's just a question of studying and, and learning about the patterns, learning about different catalysts and indicators. Um, I have a thousand free videos on my YouTube channel. A lot of people think I'm full of BS uh, at first. So that's why I'm like, okay, go study this. And you can see good trade after good trade, bad trade, after bad trade, I just try to share it all. And the key is always be adapting. Like in different markets, you can be more aggressive. In different markets, different sectors are spiking. Um, I like focusing on hot sectors, whether it's you know Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, which was the past two years. And now weed and CBD stocks are the hottest stocks in the past few months. Yeah, I think that's that's interesting that, you know, of all these things that you could go, you, you throw out E-Trade, you know, it's been a company or it's a company that's been around for a long time and, and you can kind of get started with little money, like you said, and, and get rolling. What's kind of the tax implications of, of being a trader and trading this often? Yeah. Um, and I, I just want to add to E-Trade. I've used them on and off since 1998 when I first began. They've been, uh, you know, solid and steady. Not great. Like I don't have any endorsement deals. They, they don't even want to work with me because frankly, I teach my students to be more patient and they want, all brokers want more commissions. They want more trading. And I say, no, 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 wait for good trades. Um, so for me, I'm trying to be patient, but again, a good trade pops up every few days. The tax implications, I give all the stuff to my accountant and let them deal with it. I don't want to give any tax advice. Everybody is different. Um, I highly encourage you guys to uh, get some registered professional and just spend a lot and make sure that it's done right because it can be just a nasty business if you try to cheap it out or you try to do it yourself. I've heard horror stories from a lot of people. So I'm proud to give E-Trade my commissions because they're reliable. I'm proud to give my accountant a lot of money to deal with all the tax stuff. Yeah, I'm sure he, uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's a big project for him, right? I mean, you just get so much going on during the year if you're making that many trades. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. But again, I'm trading with a small account. You know, I make more money from teaching and I'm transparent about that. So 
Um, everyone knows what my, uh, you know, main motivation is. I'm, I'm inspired and I'm financially motivated to, you know, create the most successful students possible. All the money that I make from trading, I donate to charity these days anyways. That's awesome. I want to talk about the, those charities here in a second, but what, what are some of the mistakes that you've been, that you've maybe made over the last, what, couple of decades of, of trading? Um, a lot of mistakes. I wasn't always this cynical. Once upon a time, I used to believe in these companies and believe in their stories. Now I just hear CEOs and I hear management and I just, you know, expect them to be lying. So, uh, you learn the hard way. You know, I, I've had a $500,000 plus loss when I believed in a company, Cygnus E transactions. They basically invented printed home ticketing. I was right about the technology taking off. I was wrong about the company. I think a lot of people uh, have this problem where they think that they're investing in the technology or the product. And when it comes to penny stocks, especially, they're, you know, dogs with the fleas and a lot of fleas like Cygnus E transactions, great product. They eventually got taken over after they declared bankruptcy and wiped out initial shareholders like me um, because they had a lot of debt. So you really have to dig into the financials. Like, where is the debt? Where are the restricted shares and unrestricted shares? A company might be doing fine. A stock might be doing fine. And then all these restricted shares become unrestricted and the stock tanks as all the initial shareholders can now finally sell their shares and they do. So there's a lot more going on under the hood than most people realize. And simply put, most people aren't meticulous enough. You know, 90% of traders lose. 70% of investors fail to beat the S&P 500 every year. So it's a game of preparation and discipline, and most people are lacking in both. So talk a little bit about these charities that, that you're involved with and what you've set up and kind of your mission, uh, you know, now that you've made a significant amount of wealth, kind of what you're doing with your time and, and your energy now. Yeah. So, you know, at first I started uh, the Timothy Sykes Foundation uh, just to, you know, support charities that I would run into and encounter. Um, you know, I started building some schools. Um, and I, I posted a tweet saying, hey, you know, here, my first school in Bali just opened because, frankly, the money goes very far in third world countries. You can open a school for twenty five, thirty five, sometimes fifty thousand dollars, depending on the community. And it changes the whole community and, and multiple communities over a few years. So I go and visit this school in Bali. I take a video um, and I post it on Twitter. And most of the time, my, my charity stuff never got many retweets or likes because they're like, why don't you just do charity on your own? Why do you have to talk about it? And I say, well, I'm trying to give the charity exposure. Um, so I, I did this tweet and I said, uh, you know, because it gets so few retweets all the time, I'm like, well, for every retweet, I'm going to build another school. Um, and I figured, okay, maybe I'll have like 10 retweets. It'll be, you know, above average for me. And instead the thing took off and now I have like 8,000 retweets. Um, so I'm on the hook. Like a lot of people are like, you know, you, you should delete that tweet. And I'm like, no, screw it. You know, it's, it's a good uh, goal. So we have 47 schools now with my charity. It takes several months and a lot of money to build. Um, but my goal is to build a thousand schools. I don't know if I can get to all 8,000, but school by school, we're changing uh, communities. That's awesome. Good for you. I was going to say, I'm going to go find that tweet and make it 8,001. I've, uh, I've pinned it to the top to make it easy. So you can, uh, you <laughs> can see it. I don't, I don't try to hide trouble. it. Yeah. And it's funny. Like my haters are like, Oh, how's the school building coming? And they don't realize like, I actually am going to do it. It just takes a while. So a lot of people think that, you know, I'm a scam. I'm used to that. There's a lot of scammers in my industry, like teachers. If you're so good, why do you teach? Penny stocks are so scammy. And the cool thing for me is I just have to be real about everything. Um, I'm not a scam. I'm real, but I do trade a lot of sketchy companies and, you know, the teaching business online is very sketchy too. So I just try to be 
be you know 100% brutally honest with everybody and and over time i think people can sense that about me yeah so let's talk about that a little bit right cuz cuz you said earlier that maybe people think you're full of bs or a guru and and so your object to kind of get past that has been transparency 100% and just showing everything you know i have this thing called the millionaire challenge where I mentor people. We have a whole team of mentors. Give live webinars. You see our screen. You can ask Q and A. Um, my dad even does like intro phone calls with people. So it's a family business. But for the first two years, I had no millionaires, and everyone's like, "Oh, the millionaire challenge is such BS." But you know, most of my students start with a few thousand dollars. You're not just going to make a million dollars very quickly. And I think it was year three, or maybe even year four, after I began. Uh, teaching that I had two millionaires within a few weeks of each other. And my top student has now turned 1,500 into over 7 million, showing every single trade. He got featured on CNN and Fox. They saw all the trades. And it's just about, you know, showing the wins and the losses, not just the dollar games. There's a lot of traders who post like a screenshot and they say, wow, look how I made this much. Well, how much did you risk? How much was at stake? How much were you down at any one point? So I want to drill down to all the details. And that's the key, you know, not BSing, not being fake about it. Yes, my top student has made over $7 million, but he made nothing the first nine months, and he studied his butt off while living at home. So you have to understand that the, the real secret to making a lot of money in penny stocks over time is that it's a marathon, not a sprint. In the beginning, you have to learn how to make small gains, and you can only get aggressive after you have enough experience and know-how. And if you get too aggressive, you know, the market humbles you right back down. So you can never get too cocky. So how long did it take you? You started with that 12,000. How long until you, you hit your first million in net worth? Yeah. So 12,000 into 1.65 million before I graduated college. So that was four years and I, you know, it was more, but I, I paid taxes. Um, but again, I started in 1998, 1999. I got very lucky starting at the right time, taking advantage of the tech bubble and then learning short selling as the tech bubble was collapsing in 2000, 2001, 2002. Um, and making, you know, my second million shorting. So I adapt in different markets. And I don't think that you should look to say, Oh, I got to make a million or $2 million in the first three or four years. Like it's what can you do today, this week, this month, this year to put yourself in a position where you're going to make the most five, 10, 20 years from now. And that starts with education and being conservative, you know, going small when people say, Hey, should I start with $5,000? And I say, no, start with half of that, you know, because the money that you make or lose in the beginning is going to be negligible while you're learning. So when you started off, Tim, what did you think you, you obviously didn't think it was going to be that quick, but what was kind of the goal? Was it, Hey, just let's just mess around and, and do some fun. Was it to hit a million? Did you think you could do it? it I, has it surpassed what you thought it could be? Yeah. I mean, I've always wanted to be rich, but I didn't think that it would happen overnight like it did. I'm from you know a middle-class neighborhood in Connecticut. So I had extreme ego problems when it first happened. I thought I was like God's gift and you know just so smart. I didn't realize you know now looking back, I was just in the right place at the right time. Yes, I did adapt to different markets, but I wasn't a genius or anything. Um, I don't think that making millions is as difficult as people think, but they don't understand how much time and effort is required at first. Uh, you really need to become an expert. You know, if you look at all my video lessons, I have 6,000 plus video lessons and people are like, oh, can I just watch a few of them? And I'm like, no, watch them twice. Like everybody wants a shortcut to success. They're not willing to put in literally hundreds or thousands of hours to master a subject. And that's what's required. You need to really learn the ins and the outs. I'm basically a glorified history teacher where I'm showing 6,000 video lessons of the past. And if you study the past, 
I find that, you know, the patterns repeat, especially with penny stocks, because they're all based on, you know, human nature. We're not trading uh, companies that are traded by algorithms or big hedge fund managers. Like I said, with penny stocks, you're trading against financially naive idiots, and they, they invest and they trade based on emotion. So if you can learn how to spot like emotion, where it's, you know, a stock sometimes is too full of hype, um, and bound to collapse, or sometimes, you know, it's, it's just sitting there undiscovered, and then a catalyst spikes it, and then it starts to become aware, like the shrimp company, where the stock can triple in three days. So why did you say you got lucky initially? Was that because of the dot com? Yeah, again, I was right place, right time. You know, one of my first strategies when companies stocks were tripling in a few days back then, companies would add dot com to their corporate name. So you didn't have to predict which companies were going to add dot com. You just wait for the press release and they would spike literally for three or four days in a row. So you didn't have to buy right away. And it's the same thing now, like with penny stocks, because they're so hated, the biggest spikes happen on day two, day three, day four after the news as more and more people become aware. And it kind of filters through, uh, you know, social media and the news and stuff like that. You don't have to be there for breaking news like you do in other niches, which is kind of nice. Yeah. So I, I want to shift gears here a little bit, right? You say you teach more now than you trade. Why teach? Why not keep trading? I, I trade in order to teach. So I trade with a small account, but it would do me no good if I take, you know, a million dollar position and I make a hundred thousand dollars and I'm like, yeah, look how amazing this is when most of my students have $2,000. So I can't go below 12,000. I can only pretend to be poor, you know, for so long. It's so boring to trade with a small account. But I do it because I show every single trade. And I don't want people to think like a lot of these big traders kind of use their students to make big trading profits. So they're like, hey, buy this stock, their entire chat room buys this stock, and then they sell, they make a lot of money and their subscribers lose. I tell people never follow my alerts. I'm trying to predict the trades ahead of time. They're usually in my watch list or in a video lesson the day before, and I say, hey, I'm going to buy this stock if it you know, breaks this key level. Um, and that way you can learn the process. That's the whole key here, because the process is what's made me rich. The process is what's created my millionaires, not hot picks, not hot alerts like most people think is what's going to make them rich. So how many penny stocks are there? Uh, anywhere from seven to 10,000, but almost all of them are irrelevant because they have big stories, but they're not traded. So I focus on, yes, the companies that have good stories, but they're very active and they're the biggest percent winners. So I'm trading, you know, patterns that I know and have frankly learned very well over the past 20 years. And, and by not traded, you mean act, actively trade consistently? Correct. I don't care about a penny stock that might, you know, have the cure for cancer, but it only trades 3000 shares a day. Um, in my experience, that's not worth the waiting time and like I said, the CEO and management and analysts galore will say, this company is the best. It's an undiscovered gem. I don't care. For me, it's about what will the market show me that's already hot. And because I know that penny stocks can spike for several days, I don't need to be first. So I just have to be aware of the patterns and then try to you know, latch on to the momentum for a little bit. And by patterns, you mean movement in the stocks or movement because of, of recent news or, or something else? Both. The news causes the stock to move. So my number one catalyst for finding a stock is looking for a big percent. So I only buy a stock after it's already spiked 10, 20, 30 percent. And I think that the news or the catalyst or the chart has legs where it can keep going. I don't want to just buy a stock that's unchanged um, and have my own assumptions. I want the market to show me that, hey, this stock is in play. It's moving. The question is, can it move more? 
Awesome. So let, let's shift gears again and, and talk about your travel here. I know you travel all the time. How many countries have you been to? So I am at 119 countries right now. I'm trying to slow down, but I keep finding more and more amazing charities and I have to visit them. I, I got to meet with the teams like in person. Um, and that way I can really try to understand how, you know, my charity and my money can try to help the situation. And before we were recording, you said you spent about one to two weeks before you, you moved to the next place. Is that accurate? Yeah, I'm trying to uh, slow it down. That's that's actually slower than my pace last year. Last year, I hit 22 countries. Um, and a lot of them, you know, I, I go back a few times to, to first donate the money and then ensure that the project is going smoothly. And I was only in places for two, three, four days, and that got a little hectic. So now I'm trying to do like a week or two and slow it down, even though <laughs> to the outside uh, outsider's point of view, it still looks pretty insane. And do you have somewhere where you call home base? Um, I mean, I bought my family a place down in Miami Beach, so every now and then I go back there, but I'm really just traveling all the time, you know? It's uh it's it's a very uh uh gypsy kind of way of life. Yeah, it's neat. It's neat. And and where have been, I don't know, your top three countries or your top three destinations? Uh, I love Japan for food, culture, adventure, um, their history, uh South Africa for adventure, their weather, their activities. Um, and I love Italy just for the food and I get really fat every time I go, but it's a, it's a happy fat. Do you have any, uh, debt? No, no, no debt. I have too much cash. I'm looking for investments. Okay. I want to jump in. These are going to be, I think, interesting for our listeners. These are, are rapid fire millionaire questions we, we normally do on some of our, our other interviews. So just nice. curious what, what yours will be. Most expensive jeans or pair of pants you've ever purchased? Um, I have these designer jeans. I don't even know who makes them, but they're like 800 bucks and they're very comfortable and soft. Okay. Most expensive shoes. I have a few pairs of off whites and some Louboutins. Those are each like a thousand or two. Okay. Most expensive car. Uh, I've got a Ferrari, Lamborghini, McLaren, and Rolls Royce out of those. Um, I think it was the Rolls Royce that was the most expensive, a little over uh 400,000. And where, where do you keep those in Miami? Uh, yeah, Miami, LA, New York. I actually have a few different places because I, <laughs> I, I travel a lot. So I actually have storage units in each of those places. But most of the cars are in Miami. That's where I spend most of my time when I'm back in the US. Okay. Most expensive meal out that you've paid for? Um, I've had a lot of meals and I spend a lot of money. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I guess uh, probably somewhere in Italy where I, I took a big group out and it was like, I want to say like eight or $9,000. But in Japan, I've spent, you know, one or $2,000 on myself a few times. So depends on if you're looking for overall bill or just per person. Okay. Is there anything that, that you try and save on or that's not worth the money to you? Um, uh, uh, I mean, I really don't like paying full, full price for first class or business class seats. So I use uh, the Flight King uh, on Instagram and he saves me on those seats. And I like that. So there, there's something I won't pay full price because that's just right. insane to spend like ten or twenty thousand dollars in a few hours. Um, so he he gets me uh, good savings and he's especially good for last minute flights. Awesome. Uh, did you go to college? I did. I went to Tufts freshman year. Made too much money. My big mouth got me in trouble, so I was kind of had to get out of there. And then I went down to Tulane in New Orleans, and that caused me to have a drinking problem and made me an extrovert. <laughs> And what was your high school and uh, college GPA, if you can remember? 
Very low, very low. I skipped a lot of classes to trade stocks. Um, and I, I tried to take a lot of night classes with weird uh, ESL students and, you know, adults who were trying to go back to learn. And I was just trading stocks all day. Awesome. Well, Tim, we appreciate you coming on. Any uh, last advice and, and where can people find you and get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, I mean, just search for Timothy Sykes, uh, timothysykes.com and on every social network. Um, I think that the key to success is just really brutal honesty, as you might be able to tell from my interview. Um, kind of put up all this fake, just, they're just BS, you know, they want to look good. I just want to be real. I'm literally talking into a laptop. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking to a laptop most of the days, just making video lessons and doing webinars. There's little spit bubbles all over the, the face of my laptop. It's ugly. People look at it and they're like, what is this? Are these snot bubbles? And I'm like, no, they're spit bubbles. So I think that the brutal honesty uh, is is key to success. And I'm not trying to gross anybody out with my spit bubbles. I'm just giving an example. Like that's what I do. I teach and I spit and talk at my laptop. And I'm honest about it because the key to uh, you know success in the stock market is really being introspective and, and being blunt. And a lot of people like to lie to themselves and others about their success and it only hurts them. You know, I, I maybe I'm a little too blunt. I'm uh, you guys are probably like being like, okay, this is an overshare, but I don't think you can overshare. I don't think you can overprepare. And I think more people can be successful if they just have the right mindset, attitude, and guidance. That's awesome. How many active students do you have? Uh, we have about 9,000 uh, students, but really only a few hundred dedicated students. Most people don't even watch the video lessons. They don't actually prepare ahead of time. So it's my job every day to get them studying. And that's frankly why I have you know so much social media uh, with, you know, these beautiful photos and beautiful videos, because I found that that at least inspires people to study. And if you look at performance theory and goal setting, um, you know, you are capable of more than you realize if you have a giant goal, you actually increase your daily performance 25%, 15 to 25%, depending on different academic studies, but you increase your daily performance a lot by having a big goal. So I like showing big goal type photos and videos on social media to get people to actually put in the time every day, step by step, trade by trade, you know, hour by hour, just studying and preparing. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, it's Tim Sykes. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. No, it's my pleasure. Thanks again for having me. Thanks, Tim. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast with Clark Sheffield and Chase Mantinson. For more stories, investment opportunities, and information, check out our website at millionairesunveiled.com. See you next time when you'll hear from another everyday millionaire.